Hey, everybody, this is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. And as we've been telling you for the last few weeks, we have been working on a new season of our show. That season, I'm happy to say, will launch next week. We're going to be kicking it off with a super fun episode with comedian W. Kamau Bell and his mother. He will be asking her questions that he has never asked her before about her dating life as a single mom back when he was a kid. I have never heard any conversation like this in my life. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you're subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, we've been playing you some of our very favorite episodes from our popular and controversial Sex and Parenthood series. The last two episodes we've played were Sex Advice for Parents. Today, we're kind of doing something different, and we're talking about little kids and their ideas about sex. While this episode has a kid in it, it's actually really meant as listening for adults. So I suggest listening when your kids aren't around. Although I've heard that some kids really enjoy this episode, so I'll let you use your judgment. All right, so today we're going to be eavesdropping on a mom having the birds and the bees talk with her son. Actually, it's it's more like he's giving her the talk all the time. So before we get to our story, um, we have something fun that we put together for you. You know, most of us get it wrong when we first imagine how babies are made. You know, like um, my daughter, Sasha, somehow got it in her head that babies come from bubbles up in the sky. We asked you to call in the weird ideas that you had about the birds and the bees when you were kids. And I'm going to play you some of my favorites. We'll start with one from our producer, Joanna Solitaroff. So when I was in second grade, I remember being in the bathroom with a classmate of mine who always seemed very savvy about grown-up things. And she pointed to the vending machine that had the pads in it, and she goes, you know what those are for, right? And I said, no, I, I don't know what those are for. And she goes, it's so that when the eighth graders have their babies, they have a soft place to land. My name is Samin. I'm calling from San Diego. And when I saw a man and a woman kissing passionately on TV, I thought they were having sex, especially because my dad would loudly proclaim, oh, oh, in his thick Persian accent. My name is Becky, and I'm from New York. And when I was three and a half, I asked my mom what a homosexual was. She told me it was someone who had sex at home. So the next day... At nursery school, I told everyone about homosexuals, car sexuals, hotel sexuals, and my mom got a phone call. Hi, this is Andrew from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, my mom is a registered nurse, and uh, I was probably about six or seven, and uh, my mom decided that she wanted to teach me about the birds and the bees, and she broke out her anatomy textbook and um, is showing me diagrams, and I ran away crying. I... Um, remember leaving with the impression that boys had penises and girls had penises that were inside out. My name is? Molly. And how old are you? Three. And how does the baby get in the mom's belly? Uh, in the eye. Goes in the eye? Uh-huh. And then what happens next? It's in your tummy. Goes down in your tummy? Yeah. So through your eye into your tummy? Mm-hmm. Andrea Garza 
Laredo, Texas. When I was in maybe third grade, I had a series of bloody noses for a couple weeks. Saw the doctor and everything, but I always remember being very, very nervous about whether or not I should share with the doctor my concerns that I had gotten my period in the wrong spot. My name is Joanna. I'm calling from Brooklyn. Uh, I used to think that sex was like in the movie Big, where the guy touches your boobs next to a window in a dark room, and then you go to a carnival together. My name is Amber, calling from San Diego, California. I am the only parent and single mother to my son, who is an eight-year-old. He recently asked me if he could have a baby sister. I tried to explain to him that this was a little more complicated than he might imagine. He said to me, Mom, it's not that hard. All you have to do is go to the machine and put in a dollar and push the button for baby sister and a baby comes out. Thanks so much to everyone who called in. So a while back in another episode, I made the announcement that we wanted to have more kids on the show. One listener, Amanda, had the podcast playing while she was baking brownies with her son, Callum. Callum, he heard me say the thing about wanting the kids on the show, and he said he wanted to do it. So Amanda tweeted to us that that her son was interested. I tweeted back, what does he want to talk about? His answer was, all capital letters, sex. It's his favorite topic. Callum was eight when his mom recorded this. Sex, 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 sex in a boat. This, of course, is Callum. Sex in a wolf, sex in a cow, sex in the earth, sex in Jupiter. <laughs> I asked Amanda to record a typical conversation that she and Callum have about sex. Callum started wanting to have these conversations when he was seven and a half. And Amanda decided she was going to answer his questions honestly. But, you know, he's young and sex is complicated. So, of course, he can't quite wrap his head around it, but he's trying desperately. What age do you think most people start to have sex? Like 35. 35? Well, Interesting. You, you were 35 when you had me. No. I was like 29. Oh, yeah. What do you know about babies and, like, growing them and having them? I always just thought that they just burst out their stomach like, hello, I'm here. They just pop out of a stomach? And just say, hi, I'm, I'm here now. That's probably one of the first kind of sex things that you had ever asked, right? Like more information about how babies actually get out. Yeah. Well, because you know what you always that said. That is actually really sick to me how they come out. So you had to push me out that hard? Yeah. You had an enormous head. It was not enjoyable. Um, Do you remember that you said for the longest time you thought that ladies uh, pooped babies out? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So how do babies really get out? Come out out of the vagina. Mm Mm-hmm. You think it's... Sick. Sick. Callum's interest in sex started when their neighbor became pregnant. I think that that may have sort of spawned some thoughts about babies and how they're made. And so he started kind of asking some questions, uh, which we answered very honestly. And then it sort of snowballed from there, from being sort of a passing interest to an all-consuming obsession. 
more about that obsession. Plus, a few new nicknames Callum has made up for, you know, privates coming up. Stay with us. We are back with Amanda and her son, Callum. So this obsession of Callum's, it came kind of as a shock to Amanda. You know, she didn't expect him to be so young when she'd have to have a talk with him about sex. But she didn't want to handle this the way her mom had. You know, she didn't want to wait until Callum was like 12 and then have one uncomfortable birds and the bees talk. Instead, she decided she would take his questions as they came, which basically meant talking about it every single day, like multiple times a day. Amanda got Callum a book to take some of the pressure off. It's called It's So Amazing by Roby Harris. This book, it's pretty descriptive and it's got illustrations. It talks all about sex and about how both straight and same-sex couples are able to conceive. It's just sort of this gleeful like realization that that is what many people were doing to get babies. And, oh my God, you and Matthew had sex. Just like he couldn't even believe that that is what led to him. Matthew is Amanda's husband and Callum's dad. When Callum was really little, he decided to call his parents by their first names. Anyway. He just sort of was like, do people know about this? Like, is this <laughs> is this information that everybody knows? Because he just wanted to then tell everyone, like, hey, I know what sex is. Like, he would get on the phone with my brother and say, I know what sex is. You know, yeah, okay. Like, he just wanted to impart this information. I know what it is. It happens like this. People are doing it everywhere all the time. What is this world? When he first started asking you questions at seven and a half, um, were you like, oh, yeah, I saw this coming? Or was it a surprise to you? A little bit. Honestly, I was I was grateful that he started to kind of switch tracks because he had been pretty obsessed with death for about the past year before that. And I was growing weary of discussing uh, death, dying, what happens, what doesn't happen. And I didn't realize that this new topic was going to be um, quite this long of an interest, but uh, it did seem like, oh, okay, you're only seven and a half, but I guess we're talking about this now. So that's fine. And, you know, we have a very open relationship anyway. I, I think part of it is um, he's an only child and he is used to us talking to him kind of like he's an adult and being really open with him. So, um, I, you know, maybe in another situation, he wouldn't have asked him as many questions as he had, but I think he felt like it was safe. And then where did it go from there? Um, he does this thing called, we call it the thrusting dance, where he's uh, figured out that there is some motions perhaps involved uh, with sex. And so he's constantly uh, walking around doing this little thrusting thing to sort of make us laugh um, and talking all the time about sex. And he'll ask questions that come out of nowhere. So I, I can tell that it's on his mind all the time. Like we were in the car, uh, he had been quiet and he said, uh, can two girls have sex? And I said, yes. And he kind of thought about it. And then he said, do you have to be married to have sex? And I said, no. And he thought about it and he didn't say anything. And then he said, is Santa Claus real? Like that, that was the question where I was like, um, oh, look out the window, an interesting cloud. Let's talk about that instead. 
I wonder if if part of it was him being like, are you for real mom? Right. <laughs> like, I wonder if he knows the truth about Santa and he's like, if you tell me the truth about Santa, then I'll know everything you're telling me about sex is real too. That's kind of how I felt like he was going to call me out there. Like, okay, here's the out of left field question where you accidentally tell me the real answer because you're being honest right now. Callum, hadn't you wanted to say something uh, when you were talking about what you would record and you were going to give a warning? Warning, 21 years old or older. That's how old people need to be to hear about this information? Um, probably. Uh, do you think everything that we tell you about sex is true and honest? Yeah. Do you think that other parents talk to their kids as openly about sex things as we do? Mm, no. Why do you think that? People think it's like embarrassing and stuff. Right. And I don't. I just think it's just a thing. It's just a part of life, right? It's a part of nature. It's a part of nature. That is true. Um, why do you think you think about it so much? I don't know that answer. Is it just interesting to you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you can ask us anything? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel when we talk about it? Like, is it... I feel comfortable. At first, I um, wasn't that comfortable with it, but now I'm just all for it. You're all for it. And we try not to be silly or goofy, but sometimes we get silly and goofy, right? Yep. What are, what are some of the odd words you've come up with in your own languages about sex and body parts? I say um, penis Kanye sometimes. Penis Kanye? Yes. Yeah. And uh, your other good one is? Rumpin penis. Um, well, of course, Sutar Wiener. Of course. It sounds like you, um, you know, it sounds like you're pretty comfortable talking about sex with your child. Mm-hmm. Is that? Is that true? Were you were you totally comfortable with it right from the start? I mean, he has no filter. He will say anything. And Matthew and I joke all the time that if we were going to write a liberal parenting book, we would call it, but you should have a little shame because we have raised him to be like, there's no shame. Ask us anything. We'll tell you anything. And as a result, he just, these horrifying things he will say sometimes where we're like, geez, He's constantly talking about his penis or, you know, the thrusting thing. We're like, you know, it's okay to have personal things in your head. You don't have to spew every thought out to us. Do you talk to him about that? Yeah. Um, and mostly he's like, I don't, I don't care. Do you feel like there are any limits to what you want to tell him? Yes. He said, uh, what does it feel like when you're having sex? And... I don't remember exactly what I said, but something like that's a personal answer and you'll find out eventually, but we're not going to, you know, we're buds. We can talk about things, but no, thank you. I'm going to draw the line right there. We're going to take a little break when we come back, what it's like to talk about consent with an eight-year-old. Don't go away. We're back. So when Callum bombards Amanda with questions about sex, she answers. But she also throws in some extra things that she wants him to know. 
we've talked about a lot of different things, right? Like we've talked about what it means to be gay, right? Yeah. And what it means to be transgender. Do you remember what that means? Oh, yeah. You're like, let's just say a boy and you know you, um, in your heart, you know you'd be a girl. Right. Yep. That's one example. What it means to be different gender identities and to be gay or lesbian or bisexual. Like, what does all that stuff mean? I don't know really any of it. Well, gay means what? That Um, a boy... Loves a boy. Right. And a lesbian is a girl loves a girl. And if you're bisexual, you could like a boy or a girl, either, both. You know, we're trying to raise him to be thoughtful about sexism and sexuality and bodies and how they're portrayed and and we don't have television and so he doesn't see commercials and advertising and yet he's like he'll the other day he was getting ready to shower and he struck this pose like if he were wearing a bikini on the cover of the swimsuit issue or whatever I'm like where do you even come up with that and he, you know oh I see I see the magazines when we go to the grocery store and he's got these ideas already about like how women look and behave and what men should think about them. And that's a really interesting piece of it for us because we're like, but we're, we're working so hard to give you these other messages. And yet you somehow like he'll make some comment about like, I want to be sitting in a hot tub with all my babes. Like, what? <laughs> I have no idea how his brain even works. What other things do you like to talk about? Battering rams and gates. Tell me more about the battering rams and the gates. Well, that's what I imagine sex is. Every once in a while, Callum will kind of come up with these stories about what sex must be like, As I think as he's trying to categorize what it feels like and, and how it happens. And so when he sometimes talks about sex, he'll say, it's like a big battering ram up against the gates. And I said, you know, that's a really problematic metaphor because that makes it sound like you're forcing something and hurting someone. And I said, is the woman supposed to be the gates and you're crashing through them? And, you know, he kind of understood like, yeah, I'm just being silly. I'm, you know, I don't really think it's like that, but, um, you know, I don't care that he's eight. I don't think you're ever too young to be hearing about what it means to know what consent is and to talk about battering rams and gates and aggressive sexual metaphors. I'm not, I'm not going to let happen. Um, you know, it's, it's the only way that we're ever going to do anything about rape culture, right, is changing the way we're raising boys and what we expect from them. And so what might seem like a harmless, silly little metaphor, I have a problem with. Yeah, we need to come up with a better way to think about it, right? <laughs> yes, maybe a feather um, just landing in a chimney. A feather landing in a chimney? Very soft and unharmful. I like that. It sounds like you actually, now that I'm thinking of it, it sounds like you have more responsibility as the mom of a boy. Just, um, you know, he, what he's imagining is um, sort of heterosexual sex when he imagines it. Just take 
your conversations with this kid who's already imagining it as sort of this aggressive act. We don't really know exactly what that means, but that's how it's sort of presenting itself. Like, that sounds like a lot of responsibility for you. I feel like it needs to be a lot of responsibility for anybody who's raising a boy, because if I'm not teaching you, greater society is certainly not going to be here telling you, you know, these are the other ways you can be a boy or a man, and you're going to absorb all of these dominant ideas of what it is to be a boy and to have feelings and emotions. And, you know, I feel like I'm just going to teach you. That's fine. I can't rely on other people to do my job. Like what, what's a good age to like kiss somebody? 17. 17 is a good age for a first kiss. So you're super into that idea? Nope. Do you think it will ever not be interesting to you? Like, do you think you're going to grow out of this sex phase like you've grown out of other phases? Or do you think, like... I think I might grow out of it sometime. Yeah. How old do you think you'll be when you grow out of the sex phase? In my grave. In your grave. (laughs) (laughs) Callum is now 10 years old. Amanda says that since this episode first aired, Callum doesn't ask about sex so much anymore. Instead, he's been asking more about how people get together. The other night, he asked her, how do people become boyfriend and girlfriend, or boyfriend and boyfriend, or girlfriend and girlfriend? And he started talking to her about his crushes. We want to know how you've talked to your kids about sex. Did they bring it up? Did you? What worked? What didn't? We want details. Leave a comment at longestshortesttime.com in the comments for this episode. That's episode 50. In that post, we've also got a great reading list for you if you're looking for help on how to talk to your kids about the birds and the bees. This podcast is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Abigail Keel. Our engineers are Pete Karam and the Reverend John Delore. Our theme music is by the Batteries Duo. We get editorial support from Anne-Marie Baldonado and Antonia Acatunde. Thanks to Jane Marie for extra production support this week. This episode was originally produced in partnership with WNYC, where I had help from Joanna Solitaroff, Bill Moss, and Alex Kappelman. This episode was edited by Jonathan Minhevar. And don't forget that next week is the start of our new season. Don't miss W. Kamau Bell and his mom. I feel like my mom maybe hasn't had sex since I was born. Yeah, you'll get what that laugh is all about next week. Make sure you're subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, please rate us and write us a review. This is really important. It helps us to rise in the charts so that other people can find our show and find out why Kamau's mom is laughing. As always, we're looking for stories from you, our listeners. That's right, you. We want to hear about your kids. We want to hear about your parents. We love to hear stuff that we've never heard before. So surprise us. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. Stand up. You sing your wolf? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf. <laughs>